0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte & Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadou, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. So welcome back to another episode here at Latte and Laundry. I am really excited because I have a lovely, lovely guest for all of you guys today. And I'm personally so excited to get chatting with her about what we're going to dive into today. But before I do that, I want to open us up with our Bible verse for this week, which is Romans 12, 6 through 8, which says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. In accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So that might have given you a little hint of who we might be chatting with today, but I am so pumped because today I would love to welcome the lovely Jill Simons. Welcome, Jill. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. And for anybody who doesn't know who Jill is, she first and foremost is a beloved daughter of God's and wife and mama of five and one of which is in heaven, children. She's the founder and creator of Pink Salt Riot, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. It's a Christian women's lifestyle brand. And she's also the executive director of Many Parts Ministries, which has a simple mission, which is to help everyone who comes to church know that they have a magnificent gift from God to serve the church and that we are all better off when we use them. So I am so excited to have her here because today we're going to really dive into this idea of the gifts we've been given to the church. So Jill, thank you for being here with us today. I am so happy to be here. So I have just... Um, And before we even go deep into charisms and for any of my listeners who don't know what a charism is, can you, let's just take a step back. Can you explain that for everybody?
1: Absolutely. So we have such a great, robust theology of the sacraments as Catholics, which is just fantastic. And we all are very aware of the fact that we receive grace when we receive the sacraments. But what we don't think about as often is that there are different Kinds and types of grace, and so a charism is a type of grace that we receive that is really a special gift, which is gift and grace are really synonymous there that allows us to carry out our specific mission to build the church. So, when we're baptized and brought into the church, it's not in a disempowered, um, you know, way where we're not really going to be able to do anything with that, we are brought into the church with the supernatural gifts that the holy spirit wants to give us to be able to build and grow ultimately his church militant here in the world.
0: Mm, I love that. And what was it about charisms that got you? Because you, I mean, you podcast, you've spoken, you do this lifestyle brand, like what was it about specifically charisms that drew you to this like new mission of like making our church alive with the gifts that we've been given?
1: You know, I think this has predated everything that I have done, actually, and it's been just really beautiful. The very long and complex story that the Holy Spirit has written to get me here that I will spare all your listeners. But it has been beautiful, obviously, because it's the Holy Spirit at play. But I used to say that I covered the charisms in high school and was just really drawn to the fact that there was a correct thing for me doing really is from the holy spirit but as i was reflecting and writing the introduction to a new book that i have coming out soon about really living your charisms post discernment i realized that this journey started a lot younger for me when i was exposed to the stories of the saints really a lot of the female saints that i was reading books about at that time did not have a lot in common with me gift wise. So it was a lot of um, women that felt called to be nuns and women mm. that lived during, you know, these um, times when so much of status and uh, longevity was about being in good marriages and things like that, and them really rejecting that, which was very much the right thing for them to do on their own road to sainthood. But I was always so just kind of struggled with that, even from, I remember six, seven years old, thinking, well, but I just have no interest in that. Like, I've never thought that I was supposed to be a nun, never once, like, mm. that, never a part of anything that I felt like the Holy Spirit was sharing with me. And yet, this seemed to be what a saint was. And so there was this very early internalization, obviously, probably aided by some not so nice, Guys along the way demons that wanted me to really sit and, and hold on to this that I was not good enough that I was not the way I was supposed to be. But in actuality, that is what kind of broke open when I discovered charisma. Then in high school it was like, Oh my gosh, light bulb moment. I am not created incorrectly. I just have completely different gifts than the vast majority of these people whose stories I'm reading about. And of course, with the proliferation of technology and the access to information, I've come in contact with a lot more diverse saint stories that align a lot more with my experience of what my gifts are and things like that. Um, but I just, I think that that's, what's so important is that validating, not just of, um, you know what it is that we have a high aptitude for, but also the fact that so many people go through their entire life of faith, thinking that the church can take them or leave them, and mm. it doesn't really matter. Mm. And that's just such, such, such a lie. And I just that is what I will fight till of my dying day is this this lie that that
0: you are expendable, mm. and, and I, that is can't okay. be further. The truth. <laughs> no. And I love that. And you put, you put this on your website too. And I have seen this before. And I just love what the catechism says here, where it says, whether extraordinary or simple and humble charisms are graces of the Holy spirit, which directly or in, indirectly benefit the church ordered Absolutely. as they are to her building up to the good of men and to the needs of the world. And I think you're so spot on too, because I think a lot of times we see, Um, what the world would say are extraordinary charisms that are big right like whether you have a big platform or you're doing something huge or hundreds of people in your parish know what it is that you are providing to the church and if you're not doing that there's this like little sneaky lie in the depths of a lot of us that that love God and and seek to show him that through our lives and the way that we live that there's this lie that then there's, we have no value. We have no value add here. There's nothing for us to offer. And that's why I just love what you're doing with this ministry because you're like, wait, no, hold up. Like we are actually gifted and specifically gifted, right? Like that's the other thing that's so amazing is that like it's not happenstance, like what you have been blessed with to offer the church. This is a God-given gift, right? absolutely
1: and that is and that it's going to follow that principle of saint thomas aquinas that grace builds on nature Hmm. this is going to be what your heart is already oriented towards and this is obviously not to say like everything you desire is perfect right out of the gate and don't change you know there's there's that kind of other lie on the other end of the spectrum from the culture that's just do what you feel like all the time and you'll be fine we want to find that space in the middle where it's it's a very real objective good that is also incredibly fulfilling and life-giving to us. Charism is a space of suffering. And I think that that's a lot of, that can be challenging for people to accept because I think sometimes people feel like to be authentic, a Christian life needs to be um, just really defined by suffering that take up my cross and follow me kind of mantra. Mm. And we don't reject suffering, we follow in the feet of Christ as he suffers. But we also don't go looking for it. We're not looking to make life as suffering full as possible like it's not (laughs) the one who suffers the most wins you know we want to accept what we receive with grace but also there should be that expectation that we are going to experience the fruits of the holy spirit that Mm. joy that peace that generosity in the christian life that's that's literally the fruits of the spirit are how we know the spirit is there Mm. and if we're not experiencing that then we're not letting the spirit show us that he's there. It's not that he is not in you because if you are baptized and confirmed and receive your sacraments on a regular basis, he is in you. What's the issue is whether or not
0: he's being allowed out. Mm. (laughs) Right. It's that it's that cooperation with grace, right? Like exactly. we have a role to play like we can't it's not an earning thing or we work harder and we receive this, these graces. It's just literally this cooperation, this openness, this receptiveness to let him move as he is desiring to move in and through us. Um, and I love one of the things I loved about you. And we actually talked about this a little bit offline, too, is this. You have this um, fierce desire for people to know and rest in their identity as a beloved of God's right and I think yeah. what's so unique about that and how God has led you to this idea of charisms is that we are so unique in his eyes in our identity from the moment of, our, of conception and specifically the gifts we receive through baptism like our identity we are all beloveds right but I always say this to my children and I'm sure you could probably relate that like he would Christ would have walked the steps of Calvary all over again if only for me if only for you Like, sometimes I think we have this real um, temptation sometimes to see God as this... (laughs) grandiose thing in the sky looking down at all of us in this snow globe for all his people and I think to be honest from much of my life from my in my younger years that's how my relationship with God was and it wasn't until quite frankly I was brought to my knees in my my young adult years in motherhood and things where I just started to really taste and feel him on this individual level and I think that's where this charism thing is so beautiful too because resting in our identity we can and leaning into things such as our charisms can really see how he most perfectly crafted me, Suzanne Bilodeau, you, Jill, Simons. And he is like that for each and every one of us, right? Like we're just not just one of many. We are his everything. Um, And I was curious if you could, just for some, especially for anybody who's not super familiar with charisms, which honestly, I hadn't been up until maybe like a year or two ago, Um, Could you share just a few examples of charisms and what that might look like for our church if you lean into and let God um, do what he desires to do in and through you?
1: Absolutely. So these are all things that we've drawn from the life of Christ, from the New Testament, things that we see happening supernaturally in people that are really leaning into that level of surrender. And I think that that's where um, it's, an important place of emphasis because then you recognize the fact that these are things that are successful not because of you but because of your surrender to the holy spirit doing mm. the you. And so there's examples like you said from the lines from the catechism there's ordinary examples like administration and service, help, encouragement, Intercession, things that are very much a part of a lot of people's everyday experience. There's also those supernatural charisms, things like prophecy, healing. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other ones that can also have supernatural man- manifestations like intercession or leadership or things that are just clicking in a way that just really points to the presence of God. And I think that that's really a great litmus test for charisms is, is this outside of what this person could do by themselves? that's always my goal with my work is really to just um, build something that it just is clear that this is Jesus not because Mm. it's so you know big and successful that I have built but because I have constantly grown to learn to surrender to him to the point where he can do something great Mm. in what you do and that is been my experience. Now I am doing these things and and joining it with the identity piece, like you talked about. I'm able to be present at these things that I do and these talks that I give, and and just really honestly be incredibly thankful and praise the Lord really authentically, just that He made me how I am. I absolutely love the gifts that He've given He's given me. I absolutely love that I get to use them. And that is true and should be true for all baptized Christians. And if it, you know, terrifies you to do the things that I do, the speaking and the traveling and things like that, then those aren't your gifts and that's fine. You're going to have your own that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like this is all Mm. I'm supposed to do. And to illustrate that, I have this great story. Um, One of my siblings is autistic. Uh, He's an adult now. He is a trucker and... Is hardly ever in the same parish like two weekends in a row because of his driving schedule and things like that. Very faithful young man. Uh, and we went through this process, this charism discernment process with him. And lo and behold, his charisms are very simple, internal, largely things. Discernment, wisdom, and intercession were really the three that rose to the surface. And mm. so. I could I could count on one hand the number of times I've seen him cry in his life and I know I've known him since he was born and he gets his eyes are full of tears and he looks at me and he says so you mean I'm doing what I, I'm supposed to do. Oh, yes. And I was like yes like you're never supposed to be the greeter at mass you're never supposed to be the lector you're never supposed mm. to be helping in the child care like None of those things are what God is asking you to do. The, the pressure you feel to do that is from people or from yourself. And we need to let go of that to step fully into what God is wanting you to do. And obviously, there's, there's room for all of us to grow in ways that are not perfectly comfortable for us. But the bulk of what we're being asked to do are these things that we don't necessarily value in ourselves because we've never identified them. So that's what I do is I just help people name these things so that they can value them, so that they can realize that these are the places that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to invest your life. Mm.
0: I have to tell you, um, I had a number of my girlfriends who had listened to your interview on Abiding Together. I don't know when it was. It was a while ago now. Um and they all went and did the the test and there was just so much freedom in um, their hearts of of kind of exactly what you're saying, like, oh. like some of them were very surprised by some of the things that they got. But then when they read through the descriptions, they're like this. And everyone's like, yes, that makes so much sense for you. And there was so much freedom in the similar way of like, oh, it's not that I haven't I haven't been doing what. So and so has been doing, which is a, often a very temptation, with the, even within the church and within our faith, of comparison yeah. and and downplaying what we what it is that we do and what God is asking us to do. But there, there's like a, this great freedom where they're like, now it all makes sense. This is actually what I've been doing is actually what how God designed me to give, to serve, to love. And that's why I love what you're doing. And um, before I, I do want before we close up for you to give details to all my friends and my listeners here of how they can access um, the work that you do and take that assessment so they can get a better beginning taste of what um, what charisms they may have. Um, but one of the things, one of the main reasons I first wanted to have you on was um, just this idea of how do our charisms that we use with the world and with the body of the Christ of Christ in the church, how do they first and foremost serve our our spouses and our children if we have them?
1: That's such a great question. And I think that's something that one of the resources that I can share later on that we do have available just completely free on our website is a template for a date night for spouses Mm -hmm. to talk like what are yours, what are mine. And, and it is, especially fun with spouses. My husband and I probably have more fun doing this than a lot of couples because we both have encouragement as one of our characters. Oh, so perfect. Oh my gosh, we just get to encourage each other for like an (laughs) hour. So into it, which might not be everybody's experience, but um, it's just really beautiful, first of all, to like affirm each other in the gifts that you see because something that is actually kind of a relatively unique problem, I, I don't know if it's correct to call it a problem, kind of an idiosyncrasy maybe for Catholics that Protestants don't experience is that when when Catholics are baptized, it's primarily as babies, whereas Protestants are frequently baptized when they're older. And so anyone baptized in the Trinitine form, father name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, by a valid minister with water, has these charisms. So that just any baptism that is recognized by the Catholic Church, if you were to do RCIA or something like that, is going to be a baptism that confers charisms upon someone. And so what happens frequently with Catholics was when we've been baptized as babies, we really chronically undervalue these things because we've always been this way. And Mm. we don't experience of being any other way. And we don't recognize the supernatural nature of what we're experiencing. And so that's one thing that your spouse can do for you really powerfully is to point out the places where it's like, yeah, that's not normal. (laughs) That's not everybody. (laughs) Everybody isn't like that. Mm. And that allows you to grow in that valuing, Of what those things are. But then part of what the date night walks you through is really just assessing, like, does our life reflect this? How are we living our daily life in a way that uses these gifts? And And how can we, a lot of times without changing, you know, the structure of our days, nobody's leaving their work, nobody's not staying home anymore, anything like that. How can we put more of an emphasis on these things in the life that we already have? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times stay at home mothers especially will really struggle with this kind of idea of like, but how, like what, what actually do I do with these things that I have and it does take some creativity sometimes to really look at what does it look like in this season, um, because there are going to be shifts in primacy of like, you know, leadership is one of mine. But I stayed home with my children for what would it have been like six years uh, when everybody was very small. And that was not a a charism being primarily used in my life at that time of my life but mm. it wasn't actually less my charism and I think there's a big temptation during those times when something is um, kind of waiting or percolating in our souls is the temptation to the fact that this is the cross the cross is the fact that I'm never going to get to do the thing that my soul is so oriented towards doing and that's another lie that we know. 100
0: percent, yeah
1: And to recognize the fact that it it is really about being docile to the Lord's timing, just as we see in the blessed mother is just when the time is right, the time will be right. Mm -hmm. And to trust that if you've been given something, it is for a first purpose and it is going to be used as long as you are attentive to that voice, inviting you into things. And so when you have any charism there is absolutely a way to use it in your domestic church, whether or not that is something that you have been doing or not. And that's part of this book that is currently in the imprimatur review process right now is about is really that just that ideation, like what are, you know, 50 different ways to use an administrative charism and how could some of those be in the home and things like that, just kind of, build that creativity, you know, the Lord gave us our imagination Mm. to help with things like this. And that has really come so much from the combination of both the spouses and the family. If if there is a, a charism that is in common between two spouses, a lot of times that's really a call on the family. My husband and I's common encouragement charism is something that has really shaped like this is how our family shows up. We show up to things in this way and there are expectations on the children to follow suit in preparation, kind of talking about and preparing them for the fact that they are going to discover these as they age and it might be different than ours, but they are coming and they are under kind of our leadership in these things mm. as, as they grow.
0: Mm. That's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Cause I think you're right. I think so much of what you were saying is there's just like this easy temptation to say, you know, even if we can be docile to God's timing and, and know that maybe I can't, go out into the world in a sense um, to use my charism in that way that that means we shut it down, that we just, you know, but like you said, encouragement, even if it wasn't you speaking, or you podcasting or anything like that? That's a beautiful thing that you can still, you and your husband can still make um, or allow to come alive through how you love and how you live. And it doesn't necessarily have to be outside of the home if that's not where, Um, god has you right now and so i think it's so good to touch on that and to shut down that lie that your charisms are basically completely on hold until until further notice um because that would just be a shame and um obviously not truth so um but we're running out of time and before we wrap up i just would love for you to if you don't mind i would love for you to close us in prayer but um if you're open to that but also um tell my listeners where they can find you and what you have available for them to use as resources on top of that, um, that date night guide.
1: Absolutely. So everything that we offer, you can access through many parts So it's just our full name, many We are also at many parts ministries on whatever your social media drug of choice is. <laughs> um, you can find us anywhere. Um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of the YouTube, all the places. We also have a podcast called Charisms for Catholics. Short episodes, just basically answers to FAQs, um, going through. A lot of questions we receive on a regular basis right now we're in the middle of a series on all of the individual charisms with a longer episode on each individual charism so if you are discerning one there's just more context and guidance for that Um, but on our website the two main things i'd love to highlight for people are our free guide to the charisms which goes through all 24 and and really just what they are and if that's all you want to use to discern go for it. That is enough information for you to begin the process that way if you want. Most people find it incredibly beneficial to go on and take our assessment, which there is a small fee for, but it gives you a ton of context for your gifts. And that's what um, Suzanne has referred to that just allows you to narrow the list so that as you discern, it's not from a list of 24, it's from a list of five, maybe six, that have really risen to the top for you. So that's what you can have your conversations with the Lord, with your spouse, with your peers about as you discern.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, awesome. And then do you mind closing us in prayer before no, we... No, I'll let you Okay, that'd be awesome. Thanks.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the way that you breathe life into your church through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You told us that it was better for us that you would go to the Father so that you could send your Holy Spirit. And that Spirit is being poured out anew in us even today. And so we just ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that new Pentecost in our own hearts, that we might experience more of the presence of the Holy Spirit, more of the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit, more of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Just ask that you bring clarity and context to our lives of faith and our and our joys, our passions, the things that are life-giving for us to do, so that we might always be looking for how you are inviting us to live in those things in light of your promises. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. amen.
0: Thank you, friend. Well, it was such a delight and treasure to have you on. And um, I'll be praying as your ministry continues to bless the lives of many. And friends, please go check out Many Parts Ministries because I do think you will be blessed by diving in deeper and learning more about the way that you were created and the gifts that you've been given to um, both love your family and the entire body of, of Christ. So until next week, thanks, Jill. Thank you so much. God bless, guys. Bye.